0: Greetings, you have reached Bible time with Jane and I am Jane your host. We are continuing our study today in the New Testament book of Acts and today we we will be in chapter 1 with verses 12 through 14 as the focus of our study. However, I am going to begin reading with verse 4 of chapter 1 of the book of Acts. And the word of God reads this way. It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and marry the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. In this passage, I'm going to be highlighting three main points. The the first one is the importance of obedience. The second one is the importance of waiting. And the third one is the importance of prayer. The importance of obedience. We find that in verse four, Um, that principle is being supported. Let me read that verse again. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And so the command was to wait, to stay and to wait. If they had not obeyed this lesson that they were about to learn, and the lessons that, that come from this time of waiting, these lessons would never have been learned. Obedience is key in our Christian life. It's foundational. If God requires something of us, if he asks us to do something, if it, uh, whether it be a work of service, or, or uh, a work of repentance, or a time spent in the word, whatever he commands and requires of us, it is for specific reason and purpose. Remember uh, what the scriptures say, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus set for us the example in this principle. In Hebrews 5.8, it says of Jesus, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus fully obeyed, the command of his father. In fact, many times in his ministry, he said, everything that I say and everything that I do is what the father has told me to say and do. This principle is also supported in the Old Testament. The prophet Samuel had this to say about obedience. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. In other words, sacrifices and um, ministries and the Christian things that we do is not as important as obeying the command of God. So obedience is foundational. It is key in our walk of faith with Christ Jesus. Following the Last Supper meal, Jesus had a time when he spoke final things to his disciples. And in chapter 14, he had this to say, in verse 15, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Same chapter, verse 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Again, a couple of verses later. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Three times Jesus connected our love for him with obeying his commands. That tells me that this is a very important thing to him. Obedience is evidence of our love for him. Obedience is an act of faith and trust in his promises. And obedience will bring in the fulfillment of what God has promised. And the wonderful thing is you get to be a part of his great and glorious work. So let me ask you this. What has Jesus commanded you to do? Are you doing what he has commanded you to do? If not, what is hindering you? Bring that very thing to Jesus in prayer. Ask him for the help and strength that you need to fully obey him and if you're walking in obedience then pray and ask for more strength and wisdom so that you might be able to continue to press on and walk in in full obedience to his commands to his calling to his will the second point that we see from our passage today is the importance of waiting Again, let me read verse four. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Of course, that that promise was the promised Holy Spirit. And they would wait ten days for the fulfillment of that promise. But Jesus commanded them to wait. Waiting is a difficult thing to do. You might feel impatient or frustrated. You might feel like you're not doing anything, you're just being inactive and maybe even a little bit useless. But in God's timetable, waiting is vital preparation for the work and ministry that he's calling you to do. Someone once said, to wait is not to sit with folded hands, but to learn to do what we are told. While the disciples were waiting for the promised coming of the Holy Spirit, they were learning the joy in their spirit as they obeyed God. There's there's nothing to replace that that inner joy, that inner peace that comes when you know that you are walking according to the will of god and that he is pleased with you they are also learning to know god on a deeper level than they had ever known him before someone once said in order to really know god inward stillness is absolutely necessary in psalm 46 verses 10 and 11 the scripture says this be still and know that I am God, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. It is during the time of waiting that God is molding our will and strengthening our faith? The task that lay before the disciples was massive to say the least. Jesus expected them to go out into the whole world and preach the gospel and make disciples, those who would follow Jesus and continue to share the gospel message on to the next generation. These men's hearts, minds, and wills had to line up with God. They had to be fully surrendered to his will, his guidance, his plan, body, soul, and spirit. And this could only be achieved with setting themselves apart, spending hours in the presence of God in prayer. Another aspect is that while waiting together, praying together, they were building up and reinforcing the unity of the body of Christ. There were 120 men and women in that upper room For 10 days, they waited and prayed and worshiped together. Theirs was a common goal and purpose, Jesus Christ. They learned to love each other, trust each other, and support each other. This, too, is vital for those who serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Warren Wearsby writes this, It is not enough for Christians to have faith in the Lord. They must also have faith in one another. To these 120 people, the Lord had given the solemn responsibility of bearing witness to a lost world, and none of them could do the job alone. As they waited and worshipped together, they were being better prepared for the work that lay before them unity of the body is vital. Jesus said, again, on that night that he would be betrayed, a new command I give unto you, love one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, the Apostle Paul writes this, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Again, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, Paul writes this, Therefore, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with longsuffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So let me ask you this, how are you affected when you pray with other believers? How has it affected you to hear someone else praying for you? Did it make a difference in your life? How has your time spent with other Christians strengthened not just your faith, but also as you go out to live your Christian faith in the world around you, did that make a difference? Do you see the wisdom in what God, through Christ Jesus, commanded his disciples to do? Have you ever considered applying that wisdom to your own plans, dreams, and goals? I looked up the definition of the word wait in Webster's Dictionary, and it's defined this way, to stay or rest in expectation and patience, to look watchfully, to be ready to serve, to obey. I have a dear friend who defines wait this way. Wait is just another word for hope. I like that. David understood waiting on the Lord. Oh my goodness, he spent much time alone in in prayer during some very difficult times in his life. In Psalm 25 verses one through five, David wrote this, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Again, in Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14, David wrote this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The prophet Isaiah penned a a very uh, wonderful uh, uh, prophecy and one of the more famous passages is in chapter 40 verse 31 but I'm going to begin reading verse 28 to get the whole concept of what he is declaring I love the way it reads Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Over the past year, I've meditated much on a verse in Romans chapter 15 13, because it gave me such strength and encouragement every day. And it reads this way, Now may the God of hope, did you catch that? The God of hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, As we wait on the Lord, Jesus will give us all we need for today. And when the time is right, he will move. And then you will be amazed at what God will do, both in and through you. Have you ever experienced a time of waiting? I'm sure you have, and in your waiting, Have you ever considered it as your opportunity to hope in God, as the scriptures say? What does it mean to you to know that God is a God of all hope and comfort and help and strength and joy and peace? Have you ever simply paused to consider and know that God is God? No agenda, no requests, just beholding Him, loving Him, worshipping Him, being still in His presence just to know that He is God. Back to our passage in Acts, verse 14. Let me read that for you again. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. We see here the importance of prayer. During his earthly ministry, Jesus would oftentimes go off alone and pray at the end of the day of teaching and, and healing and the multitudes and, and he would be tired and he would be weary at the end of the day but he would go off alone not taking his disciples with him he just needed to get along with his heavenly father in this he also sets an example for us hours before his arrest Jesus spent time in intense prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He left his most of his disciples behind and, and even three of them sort of came with him, but he set them aside too. He needed to be alone in his wrestling and prayer. And he would pause in his prayer and he'd get up and go back to his disciples and he'd find them asleep twice. And this is what he said to them. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The disciples waited in the upper room. If they had not obeyed that command, they could have easily been persuaded to doubt Jesus or betray the others out of fear. They might have been deceived by the false doctrine of the Pharisees. They easily could have become overcome by fear, and, and and faith to share anything about their newfound faith in Jesus Christ would never have happened. Yes, while our heart's desire is to be bold and faithful, we too, if we are not faithful in prayer, if we are not faithful in obedience, we will not have the strength to press on to fulfill what Jesus has commanded us to do. But you might say to me, I don't know how to pray, or I'm so weary, or, or troubled, or, or hurting, I just, I don't have the words anymore. I, all I have is pain, all I have is weariness. I just, I, I can't pray, I, I'm spent, I'm done. Listen to what the Word of God promises. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. How important the ministry of the Holy Spirit is in our life. God knew that there were going to be times when we just didn't have the words. We knew we needed to pray. We, we fall on our knees before, before the throne of grace, but we just don't have it in us. The pain is too great. The sorrow is too deep. The weariness is too all-encompassing. And the scripture says that it's in those times that the Holy Spirit Himself searches the intent of our heart and brings that petition to the Father. How great is the love of God. Everything that we need, He provides. Everything that we need for life and godliness, He gives. If we simply trust him, call out to him, come to him. Remember the invitation of Jesus when he said, come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. That's exactly what he's talking about here. We lay our sins at his feet and say, Lord Jesus, forgive us. We lay our burdens before him and we pray, Lord Jesus, help us we hear the command to obey and we come to him and we say Lord apart from you I can do nothing but I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and he's given to us his word and he gives to us every day his love and his mercy and his grace In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, the word of God reads this way, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now you might say, pray without ceasing. I can't live my life with my eyes closed. I and mean, You don't have to. Prayer is not so much a matter of closing your eyes, prayer is communion with God, speaking to God, conversation with God. And you can pray anytime, anywhere, any place, and God will hear you. And no matter what circumstance you are in, God will hear you. Come to him. Seek his face. Cry out to him. And he will hear an answer from heaven. Finally, let me close with reading a a wonderful passage in the book of Philippians. It might be familiar to you, and perhaps not. But it is so, so good. Good counsel, wonderful encouragement. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And it reads this way. will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy Meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you." Those disciples, the, the 12 plus the others that were with him, they were spending time in prayer, getting to know each other, remembering the teaching of Jesus together as each one shared what they had heard and observed and remembered, waiting on the promise of God, meditating on the things of God, trusting in God every moment until the promise came. They did not give up. They waited because they knew that he who promises is faithful and he will do it. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would have the courage to wait on you and to trust in you and to obey you. I pray, oh God, that we would remember the ministry of prayer, not just individual prayer, but corporate prayer to getting together with fellow believers that we might pray for each other and encourage each other, and support each other, and love each other. For this is what you have taught us to do, and this is how you have commanded us to live. So Lord, I just pray that you will take these scriptures, and that you will apply them to our hearts, write your word upon the tablet of our hearts, and transform our lives for the glory of God. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Until next time, my dear friend, may God richly bless you.